Luke, why are you so pissy, eh? <laughs> We're starting with that. Is that what our lead-in is? We're starting with that. That was like the biggest story of the week. I know. I don't know. Did you? So you guys watched the Leafs game last night, but did you watch, watch the uh, Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, or did you watch the Islanders broadcast? Uh, to be honest, we had it uh, muted. I think it was, it was the, We had the it Leafs. Was, it was the, I always try to do the... Um, like the it was the Leafs broadcast, yeah, yeah. But did you watch? Um, I think they they went over that in like the second intermission. It was all the talk. On I did see the, it in uh, the background. I normally mute intermissions, so I didn't hear it. But I saw that that clip was there. I was like, oh lord. And then I guess like later on, I didn't stay up for the whole Edmonton game. You know, I like to go to bed early. I guess they asked uh, Perlini <laughs> after the game. <laughs> Why he was so pissy, which is funny. He's like the only positive person in Edmonton right now. He's just like giving out life advice and, yeah. and everything. <laughs> and yeah. that's why he was pissy. Well, it was funny. So so just I, I actually don't. This is one of the bigger stories I feel like of the year was this whole like, well, the, the Oilers me and media are a thing that are, well, they're a thing. I'll just say that they're a thing. We're not going to get into that exactly, but they, they're, they're their own little actually big Area, but uh, essentially there was a press conference where um, Jim Matheson kind of uh, he was I don't know how do I say this he was, he was quite direct with Leon Drysaddle in the way that he was asking him in a post I think I don't know was it a press was it after a game I think it, it was, was like in the morning, morning. Was it was an after morning skate like Zoom or something like that um, and he just uh, Drysaddle was a little short with him and his answer and Jim Matheson who longtime writer. Uh, he has, I don't know, there's like eight Twitter accounts for him, too. I, I don't know. I was trying to find his actual Twitter account, and there's a bunch of fake Twitter accounts, I think. I'm assuming. I don't know. But he just asked, like, uh, Leandro, I said, I was like, why he was so pissy, and that became kind of the, the, I don't know, the whole week, or honestly, in the year, that's one of the biggest, like, I think everybody was going crazy about that on the media. I mean, like you mentioned, it was on other broadcasts. It was, it was everywhere. I mean, I think the big thing we're going on or we've had two years of covid right i think the big thing that's missing is that locker room dynamic yeah i think what this has really shown us is how valuable that is for media members because if this happens in a media scrum maybe there's an opportunity for like more of like a one-on-one to happen and for matheson to have his own you know confrontation i guess with dry and for dry what you know because those things happen all the time i would assume in media rooms i mean the players generally don't like most of the media members and (laughs) you know (laughs) the media members but each of them has a job and you know there's yeah they got conflict right so it's like and and the media members are also going to write sometimes some um critical stories or whatever as well and like the players aren't going to like that right like and that's just part of their job but you just don't have that with like Zoom and like the current rules right now, and so you know these things just kind of blow up in front of everybody's face. Yeah, and I've heard multiple writers talk about that. I mean, you see that where it's like, you know, you can't really if you have a problem or a player has a problem with a media member, they can't really, you know, one on one, you know, kind of off take it offline and fix something and kind of get it squared away. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely got to be difficult, especially with I mean you know, all the restrictions that, you know, rightly are in place. And well, and yeah. I, I got the sense a little bit was it was kind of like bubbling. Like it was like that was like the um, the the kind of the I don't know, what's the phrase that I'm not able. It was like essentially the the last straw in like probably a series of things that had happened that we hadn't seen probably or so, there were maybe things that kind of just bubbled up until that point. But it was it was funny. I think that the I, I and this is the thing that I think 
it's this goes on all the time, but how the the best players are always the ones that are asked these questions or like seem to kind of take the responsibility for a team like the Oilers and it's I mean they basically just have it's the team is the same as it's been the last like two or three years which is you have two of the best players in the world and you have now I mean you know some supporting pieces like Bouchard has been really good this year um R&H is kind of having a down year but he's still a good player um but then the rest of the lineup is just I mean they just the, they just didn't build out a deep team basically and so then it's kind of funny when you ask Dreisaitl who's like having a great year again like, what's the problem with the Oilers? And it's like, well, he's doing everything that he, you could ever expect him to do. And so it's like, I just think it is kind of an interesting angle that they take. Obviously, I, I honestly, I, I'm not sure if, if, like, how many other players are, are ever in these press conferences. It seems like it's probably like the, you know, like the dry sidles and McDavid's and the captains of the team. And you probably aren't talking to a lot of other players. But I guess you mentioned Perlini and whatnot. So it is, it is kind of funny because the Oilers are. I think their issue is Ben goaltending, but also they don't have a deep team. And I, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We talked about the Oilers last week. I feel like the Oilers well, have been, still been bad. They for did a month, win. they've been the story. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's when you start out that hot, right? And then you have a power play that's just shooting in, into infinity. And then, you know, that kind of goes away. Then you don't really have a strong, even strength team. You know, you're going to come, you're going to come back down to earth and, yeah, that happened in pretty magnificent fashion, especially with the uh, Edmonton media and how notorious uh, <laughs> some of their coverages of the Oilers um, in terms of just intensity. Um, it it definitely it has a has a you know it's I think it's kind of the same with a lot of different Canadian markets, but I I don't know I feel like it's in terms of intensity with like media, what would it be? It's got to be the Leafs number one among Canadian markets, yeah. right? Just the, the number. Leafs. The, but then is it the Oilers or the Canucks next? I feel like it's well, or maybe the Canadians. Maybe the, I don't know. I don't know. I think the Leafs. It's just it's all a matter of who's like struggling, right? Because like the Leafs yeah. this year are doing pretty well, and they haven't had like a really bad stretch. Like the beginning of the year wasn't that great for them. You know, yeah, they made a big deal of like Keith this week saying that like they were soft, but um, it's usually just who's doing the worst. And like the Canuck stuff is sort of settled down with them kind of regressing back up to being just like a really mediocre team instead of like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. And then, you know, the Canadians had some decent press this week with uh, Kent Hughes getting hired. Kent, Ken, Ken, Ken or Kent? Kent? I forget. I can't remember. Not off the top of my head. Whatever. And he's like, I think he's a Massachusetts native, so I'm sorry for that. But um, <laughs> his son goes to Northeastern, but we like BC around here. So Kent Hughes, um, Kent I Hughes. I can't believe that's you, what I thought. So I, I can't believe right. you've uh, you've wronged uh, a Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. It, but his I son, know. I will admit, is the uh, is the bad, but the the better Jack Hughes. So um, <laughs> whoa, watch wow. out there. I do find it interesting though when you look at our site. You guys have a reputation for being sort of against the Oilers. I feel like around everybody's models, like significantly higher on the Oilers and result than everybody else. 64.2% chance of making the playoffs as we speak. Yeah, they've been hovering Um, around like 50 to 60% in our model. I don't know. I feel like our model might be a little bit, um, I don't know. I'm going to need to do some back testing on it this time. I'm happy with how it's performing this year, but it does seem maybe a little bit slow to update. Yeah. I don't know if that's a bad thing or it did. Well, I mean, it didn't. I had to make a couple changes in the crack and they, they dropped very swiftly after I <laughs> made some in season changes um, that I didn't. Cause you know, again, this is the first year of us having 
daily updating game projections and team probability, like playoff probability. So there's going to be some, you know, changes and we're monitoring it. But yeah, I mean, the Oilers have kind of just been steady. I don't know. It's just one of those things because of the way that it the model works. Um, I think that like having players like McDavid and Dreisaitl are just, you know, they, they just add so much value and are just two of the best players in the league. So it it's, you know, but maybe... You know, the goaltending this year for the Oilers has been pretty bad, too. So, um, or at least, like, not good. Um, and goaltending is, um, you know, historically very difficult to project. So I don't know if other models are potentially having more impact from goaltending, but based on how we train the model, it um, maybe, yeah. But, yeah, we, we are, I have noticed, we are among the highest in the public on playoff probability for the Oilers. Yeah, so, so. let that be known to our listeners. We're big Oilers yeah, fans. Yeah, we're always number one Oilers We love fans. the Oilers. Yep. Love Dreisaitl, love the whole team. Uh, yeah. But, no, I, the other thing I think it's interesting thinking about the team projections in season is kind of the idea of um, almost like calibration of these in-season projections. So, quickly, what generally when things are, or when anyone mentions uh, the calibration of a model, they're talking about um, how well or like within the population do the out, the projected outcomes occur like down the line. So, for instance, I mean, you could think about this from like an XG model is you would say like do um, like 10 do point one or 10 percent XG shots like do 10 percent of those shots go in or result in goals kind of that would be kind of a way. So like one way you could look at it or think about it is. Um, for in-season team end-of-season point projections or playoff projections at, say, right now, it's January 23rd. Does a team like the Oilers make the playoffs 60, whatever it is, 40, 64% of the time at the end of the season? And that thing is, that's a very difficult thing to um, to evaluate. And I, I think I saw Dom talking about this or a few other people um, on Twitter about kind of this idea of calibration in-season because ultimately what you're, like, if the model takes a little bit to update, well, there's nothing that's going to be checking that say right now because you don't know that so like you would need to track every single day what the playoff probabilities were and then validate that against like the population i'm kind of rambling here but it's an interesting idea about um in-season playoff probabilities where um there's still i don't know how many days left there's still like four months or three months left of the season so it's kind of like almost at halfway yeah we're almost halfway so it's like well if right now if our model says that the oilers have a 62 percent chance to make the playoffs well it doesn't really matter until the end of the season when they make the playoffs kind of thing. You know? <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's well, the whole point of no, the no, model. No, no, no. I, to... Sorry, I, I said that wrong. I said that incorrectly. Yes, it's, you did. <laughs> um, but what I'm talking about is that this is something that is a tricky thing to evaluate in terms of what, you know, like are we more right to say the Oilers have a 62% versus Dom, who's at, I don't know, 40% or wherever he is, versus Micah versus a few other people? Like how do you validate that? And I think that's a tough thing to do. Um, like just given how the setup is, I, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, it's, it's I guess I would say it's hard to backtest because that's something like in, for when we say backtesting, like I mean, like basically recreating a result in the past and like putting your model through the kind of checking how it would perform on past data. So like, for instance, if you if you had data only going through the 2019-2020 season and you validated on the next season, so the 2020-2021 season, um, and then see how well you did. If you didn't know the most recent season, kind of like, so you're trying to kind of um, like replicate um, a out-of-sample or future testing environment. But doing that because of the way these work, we use a Monte Carlo simulation. Um, that relies on many 
like thousands of like random results being aggregated to find a mean for an average result out of many thousands. It's just really computationally intensive to backtest. So it's it's something I don't know. We'll probably look into doing yeah. it. In the anyway, future, sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to completely yeah. sidetrack this into a glossary series type yeah. thing about <laughs> model talk. It's just an. I think it's just an interesting idea. I don't know. So wait, did you? Where are the other models at on the Oilers? I don't know. Does anyone? I think most of them. Well, I think. Yeah, don't quote me because I don't have it up. I think like Money Puck's at like fifty four off the top. Of my, most of them are like a fifty fifty shot, and you oh, guys okay. have more closer to two thirds, right? Yeah, yeah. it's because we like the Oilers so much. Yeah, it's a big Oilers fans. Yeah, huge Oilers fans. I think the other thing too, like Luke said, is I just think our model is a little bit more. Um, con- I don't know if con- conservative isn't the right word, but uh, quick to change to smaller recent performance experience like stretches yeah well, so right now the oilers have been pretty bad for three weeks four weeks yeah and um, i want to say that like it's especially in teams in the middle um like teams right especially right now when we're like 50 almost 50 percent through the season the teams who are in the 40 to 60 ish percent range like a win or um, a loss from them, or a, a close teammate has a very large in, impact on their playoff probability. So I believe that, like before the Oilers won last night, they were at like we had them at a fifty-seven percent or fifty-eight percent chance to win or to make the playoffs, and then they won, and it jumped about five or six percent overnight um, because they're in the middle. And you know, for instance, if I don't know if if Toronto wins you know, or loses, their playoff probability doesn't change hardly at all because they're almost guaranteed to make the playoffs at this point. I mean, they haven't clinched, but there's no way the bottom four teams in the Metro <laughs> Atlantic, which, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Sean's, Sean's Sean covering. Does, yeah, he's muted. He can't, he's just. <laughs> what division are they in? Why is it not? What are you talking about? I'm what? saying what <laughs> division are the Leafs in? Okay, they're in the Atlantic. Yeah, the Leafs are in the Atlantic. Yeah. Atlantic, bro. So I'm saying if the Leafs lose or win right now because of how bad the bottom four teams in the Atlantic are, their playoff probability is not going to change at all. But it'd be it'd be hilarious. The and the bottom and the bottom four teams in the Metro. Yes, same thing. Right. Yeah, bottom four teams. Well, that, in the Metro. well, that's a big. Th- there's a wild card spot that's going to an East team. Uh, yeah. That's going to an Atlantic yeah. team. Yeah, and right it, now it's perfectly split. Yeah, yeah, right now basically the um, it's just funny. I've been looking at this because we have the yeah Pacific. We have the the Oilers at sixty four percent, and the next team, the Kings, we have twenty eight percent, which is kind of funny because three teams from that division have to make the playoffs. So I don't know why the Oilers <laughs> are so low. I've been thinking about that because like we're. Yeah, pretty low in the Kings, Ducks, and then Canucks and Sharks yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more of a you're low on teams that are currently in, in terms of LA and Anaheim. Yeah, than yeah. It's that you're high on Edmonton. Yeah, and so that's I think how you're kind of coming back to the to the um, the model, maybe adjusting to LA and Anaheim strength. Yeah, right. Because you guys constantly hated on Troy Terry, you didn't <laughs> recognize that he's. One of the best players in the game. He's an all star. Granted, granted, he somehow didn't make the all star team first try. I yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Why would they not get? I don't know. That, well, didn't they put Gibson there? Is it Gibson? Yeah, but like Troy Terry and I mean even Zegers, those are better. So, from if we're talking about marketing, like I think that your younger players, you well, want yeah, to mar- so you can go back to the marketing. Yeah, well, we already <laughs> talked about that. Celebrities. 
Just for the record, because Sean has been doing this, so like putting words in our mouth. We had Troy Terry up. What do I have? I have a little over. Did we have project him as the best player for the Anaheim before the season started? Among well, I, this is funny. I just I I misclicked on our site and have both Anaheim and Edmonton selected, and he we have him as the third best player projected to come in this season <laughs> among those two teams together. So yes, he was the best player on Anaheim, and he's better than every other player on the Oilers from our projections going into this season, which is even before this season. So Sean, I just want you to know that we we're high on Troy Terry. Yes. We we like Troy Terry. Um, but uh, sorry, where what were we talking about? Talking he's about still got a twenty-four percent shooting percentage. He's got twenty-two goals on the year. It's not <laughs> like he's like shooting a lot. And then this is your favorite stat. He's got a plus ten penalty differential. I know you guys <laughs> love penalties. Those oh, yeah, matter to yeah. you more than they do. They're big. It's they big. It's else. important. That's why our, our you know our our, our guy Eric Sinek is one of our favorite players. Is he is he still rocking that crazy penalty differential this year? I think so. Uh, and what was I just going to say? is 47 points in 36 games, so I did not know that. Yeah, he's been on an absolute tear. Not that uh, uh, points mean anything, right? They're no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Goals do. Goals do. Goals do. Yeah, well. But yeah, Kaprizov, speaking of Kaprizov, he's jumped up into the uh, yeah the leaders in, uh, in Gar. And well, right, I'm going to ask you to mute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we well, I, I did notice that. I noticed that. Maybe not we'll, an X gar, or as Sean calls it, better gar. Yeah, it, you know we have as we're we're gonna get to a mailbag segment in the second half here because Sean sent out a mailbag and we haven't done one in a bit. But um, we do have an X gar write up. Many people, the people are asking for the X gar write up. It's Leafs fans it's who are asking Leafs for X gar because, because they want more is, ammo to say well, that Matthews yeah, is better yes. than McDavid. That is so. Um, just a, a little primer. Stick around for the mailbag because it's going to be heated. Yeah, with Sean over it'll here. It'll be heated. Uh, but yeah. no, it's it's that's what the people want, and it's the people are Leafs fans, and the the Leafs fans want us to have they want to have something on the site that is enough for them to say that Matthews is better than McDavid. It's full of a bunch of math that nobody yeah. understands and yeah. then they're like look at this <laughs> Matthews better than McDavid I told you and then, don't need a degree in math to know that <laughs> No it's that's I know, not I know true. I'm joking but no I've had to finish sorry all fans who have been wanting the XR Le- right Leafs up. fans Leafs fans in <laughs> specifically um I have I had our skater quality of competition and quality of teammate article on the list beforehand and i needed to commit myself to finishing one thing and so that was what i added so there if you go to the skater quality of competition and quality of teammate tools it's under the tools tab skater qoc qot slash qoc there's now a glossary button for both the quality of teammate and quality of competition um pages that have explanations for all of the metrics on those pages and then there's also a glossary entry um, that I that what I wrote up, and I am currently in the process of finishing up a, as Josh called it, a dense write up for <laughs> the um, like full write up explaining with pretty charts, and I've spent way more time making so, ggplot charts than I have writing. So this is a uh, funny this is a funny different different uh, difference that's the word for Luke and I because um, we tend to well Luke doesn't really write ever. Most of the time. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, no, I mean, it's true. You wrote the rap, the rap write-up, which is epic. You wrote the penalties article, which is epic. Well, uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Great stuff. But there's, it's also well, like when Luke writes, it's not like, a like oh, we're going to have some fun It's not here. a fun time. It's, it's not fun. Straight if to Luke, business. If, if, just keep in mind, if Luke ever has an article out there, you know that he has procrastinated on that article <laughs> for a very long time because he only ever writes about the most complicated things, and it's not That's ever. Not true. I mean, it's kind of true. 
All right, anyway, enough about this. Yeah, so go check out that page. We've had a lot of people ask us about what they mean, and like rightfully so, because it's a very complicated, like confusing process. And I potentially didn't label all of column names as well. They just get so long. When you do talk about this stuff, it's all just... All right, enough. Anyway, enough. Well, we, we're cutting Sean the, out. You're making the podcast dense here, too. I know. I know we are. <laughs> but we're, we're it's just Josh and I talking. Sean, what's been going on here? No, I'm just... I just tweeted out... I'm are we going to talk about geography? Is, oh, oh no. yeah. For the geography I just completely... I, I, I completely... Uh, I pulled a... Uh, I, I quietly tweeted out Timo Meyer's rap chart just now because it's so funny looking. Uh, but Timo Meyer scored five goals this past week. Uh, which I don't know, Sean. If you watched, no, that it was game. in a game. First of all, you have to say it was in a single game. In, I did actually. I it wasn't in like a that's really what I meant. tight time frame too. Like yeah, it was like twenty minutes. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, it was some absurd. We were, but what we were? Oh yeah, Luke tweeted. We were watching the Montreal uh, Arizona game when that was going. Oh on. yeah, <laughs> you guys love the sickos. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, I just like watching those like. The anything to do honestly, the Coyotes have been like one of my teams this year for whatever reason. Just I like it's just the weirdest stuff goes on when the Coyotes are playing. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously there's it's just funny. Everything about last the night, last night. I know. Well, that's so we were watching. Nuts. Yeah, it was absurd. The Rangers, first of all, which we don't talk enough about how bad the Rangers have been this year, <laughs> other than Shesterkin. I mean, like we should probably mention that uh, they're they're. But anyway, so I was watching. Well, that game. no, no, no. They they have good power play though, right? Like Chris Kreider's yeah. having like a career year. Oh as yeah, like a thirty-one they year have, old. Yes, they have several players who are doing having a really good season. But they they're kind of like, well, no, I I haven't done enough research. This is just an aside. I was just saying that we watched the we were watching the 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 Coyotes absolutely dominate the Rangers for the first like period or two periods or something. And I was like, okay, this game's over. Like, I don't really want to watch this anymore, and I don't even want to another game or something. And then I tuned in. It was like 7-3 was the – like or 6-3. I was like, what the hell happened in this game? I didn't watch any of the Rangers, you know, actually score goals or play well or whatever. I don't know. But the thing is, is nobody's going to remember all the Rangers' goals. They're going to remember the Coyotes' one period of fame. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, without a doubt. Like, yeah. I – we could look up whatever it was for the first period. It was like two expected goals. It was like twenty, yeah. like one shots on goal to like three. Yeah, just absolute domination in the first period. I yeah. mean, that was. And then they like were like, "All right, all right, time we had to our lose fun. again. Yeah. Time to lose. <laughs> yeah, like pain for Shane. Oh yeah. I mean, do you think? Uh, just wait until. I mean, I know Chikorin is not having a good year this year necessarily, but I, like if he gets traded, I, I feel like the Coyotes. I think it's like, do they even have any contract that go, extends past next season? I mean, I like what is the like? They're just the ultimate tank team right now. Clayton like, Keller. I don't know though. I was like, well, here. Looking, I mean, we can check check. Go to Cap Friendly. Go on over Cap Friendly. Like Clayton Keller, but. Uh, yeah, the the problem with Arizona has just been that they just like sell everything or sell off. They never like acquired too much good talent. Yeah, yeah. so they, they don't have, like build off of it. So they have currently Nick Schmalz is signed through twenty five twenty six. Oh, okay. Uh, Andrew Ladd has another year, but he's been an LTIR, I think. Right, like the whole. I think he's just an LTIR contract. Yeah, yeah. They have several of them. Don't Chikrin, they? Chickering has like four more years. Gostisbehere has another year, and then, but there's like a is Keller like up right now? Is he? Um, yeah, no. Oh, sorry, Keller is past. He signed he, an eight-year contract. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Keller, it's basically Keller, Nick Schmalls, 
That's I don't Schmaltz, 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 and then uh, Chikrin and Gostisbehere. Yeah, but after that, they are they have like, I mean, they're going to have to sign so many people this offseason. I don't know what's happening. Well, no, it's just they're straight tanking. Right? Oh yeah, like that's the that's the. But clear, yeah, I mean, they're going to need to like make the cap But like what Sean said, like what is there? Yeah, like you. Well, continue your thoughts, Sean. On sorry. Well, it just feels like there's no end goal, and like yeah, I think that was always like a thing with the Sabers too. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I think that's fair to say, because, like, they had O'Reilly and Jack Eichel. That's a pretty solid pair. That's, like, an Edmonton Oilers, yeah. like, one-two there. Well, they and and they had that, Sam yeah. Reinhardt as well. Like, they had different pieces that just felt like they didn't qu- quite build around. Yeah. And then, like, it just, like, you had to have a goal with a rebuild. And yeah. it just, I don't know, I feel like they just never, they never do that. They just sort of, like, manage in this continuous rebuild type of stage yeah and i'm kind of trying to even remember when the coyotes were even kind of how long ago was what has it or how long has it been since they were even kind of in playoff contention i feel like it's 2012 been, right yeah it's been forever and they just kind of are uh just continuing this like i mean but this season though let's be honest though they, they are exceptionally bad I oh mean, yeah well, was it the 15th? right? But it's like, what's the, where's like their path bad. out? Oh yeah, no, no, I'm I'm not counting. Like even it, if yeah. they got shamed right here, like that just sounds like another Eichel McDavid situation here. Yeah, where you just have like a super talented player that's not the hockey. One player can't like lift a franchise out of no. nothing, and so if you don't build around that player, and it just it just <laughs> there's yeah. so much turnover and it just doesn't feel like they have like proper end goal in place yeah it seems and that's like, where like yeah. signing veteran players sometimes too to like multi-year contracts is like the way to go yeah, yeah. well and i i think that it seems like this like I, it seems like checker is getting traded and that they're also probably going to shop i mean i don't know if kessel has any like kind of trade deadline type you know like value or whatever but i to me it seems like they're they, wouldn't they just be going for picks like entirely and just try to stock up on picks for the next couple of years if they were but like also, like well, I think said, they have been doing that. Yeah, and it's like, but it's like, well, I mean, that's going to be a long term. Like, you do have to sign because I was just trying to think about what are some teams that have successfully rebuilt. Like, what are some successful there rebuilds? Aren't really, a lot, <laughs> right? Well, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I thought. But Col- Carolina. But, yeah, I mean, Carolina. There, I think Detroit is on its way to a successful rebuild here. Well, so like, there's there's a couple. There's like the Rangers were rebuilding they and i don't know if that how successful that's been i mean they did get panarin so that's an issue you know thing that they did what uh the kings have been rebuilding and it kind of looks like they're i mean at least from this prospect people i've seen it seems like they have a very very good prospect pool um you know probably behind the wild with rossi and boldy you know (laughs) no i'm just i have no idea i I think you could make the case for the wild having a successful quick rebuild here well, yeah. so here's the thing: the Wild have the dead Suter and, and Parisi contracts. Oh yeah, like, they're, they're they're screwed in the next after. like year. Is it next? Oh, season? that's true. That's true. Yeah. They have like, no. It's like yeah. seven years or whatever. Where no, they have I to... mean, but it's it's specifically it's not this. There's season one or next giant season. year. It's like yeah. two yeah. years where they literally have like eight million in like dead cap. They no, can. it's more than that. They're more it's than like... that. It's like fifteen million or something. Anyway, yeah. you you kind of make a point though, Sean. About there's there's a couple teams that, but no, none of the teams that have done the extreme tanks like the Oilers yeah. did the Sabres did well, I want to say the what Coyotes the Leafs have been the doing. Leafs kind of well well they were bad yeah. and then they did a successful they did it too yeah but they got like Matthews. they kind of 
Right, but they had they built pieces around that. Yeah, yeah. like the biggest the biggest one was going out and getting Tavares, and yeah. you guys made like a sarcastic comment <laughs> last night. But it's like Her that took of. them that took them to another level, right? Yeah, yeah. because they could have sat there as like a young team and just like in a mediocre stage, and JT brings them to another level. And you see, like last night, like Austin did not have a good game. Like that line struggled. Um, they're like. 30% XG or something like it just wasn't a good line but yeah. like GT and and Willie like picked up the pace there yeah yeah I mean I'm, yeah yeah you I, I was to... waiting to see if Sean was gonna throw that uh that tweet I had about Tavares's contract uh <laughs> anyway yeah. no you're you're right I think it's funny though with the Coyotes is they are in some exceptional company in their lack of offense this year uh, I was looking at their skater like the team Rapums, um and they have the worst among any team since 2007 XG four per 60 rafflements at at even strength uh, or is that five on five uh, even strength which is very impressive when you compare that to the 1415 Oilers or not Oilers Sabers who are the team when it the, comes yeah. to being bad the poster child for bad team is the, the 1415 Sabers they still the Coyotes are not anywhere close to the lack of shots that the the, the Sabers I wonder had. if That's, we're gonna start well. <laughs> The thing with the Coyotes is, like, are we going to start getting, and the Canadians, I wonder if, for Canadians fans, maybe more because I don't think they have, like, the Coyotes have a lot of visiting fans that come to their games, right? Um, and so, <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, that's been the way, that's been that way for a long time, but for, like, when the Sabres were, like, tanking and the team was, or the fans were cheering for them to lose. They were, like, actively cheering for the opponents to win in their home building. There are some great videos Which of that, is yeah. really funny. Like, I wonder if we're going to see that for the Canadians uh, or the Coyotes. But I was going to say that because the Coyotes, like, when the Wild play the Coyotes forever, they've the, the Wild have gotten a ton of cheers when they score in the Coyotes building. And it, so it'd be, it would be kind of hard to tell in a Coyotes game if you know there's oh, a bunch of other saying. fans yeah. that are cheering, you don't know if they're cheering for the Coyotes to lose or if they're cheering for the opponent to win. But so I feel like with the Canadians, <laughs> you might get more of a. We might start to see this. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but it certainly was entertaining when <laughs> the home team was cheering for the opponent for their team to lose so they get a better draft pick. But anyway, I, 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 I yeah. I would say that I looked into um, there's a Saturday night game in Montreal that the uh, the Leafs go play. I did look into t- that. I went and looked into tickets yesterday, and uh, it was still like 200 bucks for like third level seating. Oh wow! So really? and they must still be sort of trying to crowd, but there's a bunch of tickets available, so maybe those will all just like drop off as they come closer. Yeah, and then yeah. who knows like what COVID regulations? Will yeah. Be restrictions will be at that point but yeah i mean i have to i, th- I have to think that the coyote games are pretty cheap right now oh yeah i, I, think I don't know they, i actually didn't well, i always seen are yeah, yeah i mean that is true <laughs> anyway well i don't know the coyotes are just i we should probably take a break here but i just think the coyotes are a very intriguing team this year um mostly yeah because like sean said luke and i tend to kind of like sicko stuff when we're watching hockey and uh there's a lot of i mean that Coyotes uh, Canadians game was something. Oh, it was some ugly hockey. It was something. Yeah, it was, it there was, was a uh... lot of spinning around and <laughs> shooting pucks over the glass and a lot of icings and just like the weirdest stuff. Like that, you just you know, it's because here's the thing: 
in life you need balance. You know, you can't always have like Sean over here. He was a Bruins fan forever when they were good, and now they're not that great in his no, eyes. They're so good. He switched over to the Leafs now because they're a yeah. great team. Doing he just well. hops from good team to good team because he can't allow himself to have the ups and downs that well, come with life. Maybe I'll be a, a Houston Coyotes fan in a couple of years. Oh, oh, no, no. I, I feel bad. I don't want to. I don't want to keep rag on the Coyotes anymore. I was just no. saying that. It's nice to watch the hockey like the Coyotes sometimes because then it gives you appreciation for when the Wild score five goals on ten shots or yeah. whatever they have been doing lately. Or but the Coyotes they've had their shooting percentage is like crazy right now. It was bra- it was off our chart on our site. Yeah. Anyway, we should. Uh, yeah, it was right. to the moon. Yeah. 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 Our, our sponsor is calling us right yeah. now, yeah. but <laughs> we'll be back with some mailbag questions after this. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL Goals Above Replacement, Regularized Adjusted Plus Minus, Skater Contract Projections, Visualizations, Charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Thank you so much to our sponsor for that lovely message, and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. So I think we're going to hit our mailbag question, but first, Josh, um, I've been getting questions, I'm not sure if you have, about when the contract uh, projections are coming out, so let's just get that one out of the way. Yeah, to be clear, nobody asked about this in the mailbag, but we've had it. some people, Sean has, uh, and then we've also had several, de- uh, we've just had people inquiring about this. We um, the contracts, at least right now, the projections are slated to be released May 1st of 2022. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for this, but one of the, um, the main reason is that uh, the model is set up to work on season-by-season season data. And so if we release them before the most recent season is done, we have to prorate that season to be for a full 82 games. And it's also the projections are more for, um, like, off-season signings. So they're almost entirely just because of, I think it's like, 90% or more of contracts, at least in Cap Friendly's data, like they're signed in July, like the first or after free agency. Whenever free agency happens, it's the first like two or three weeks. So that's kind of what they're targeted for. The quick, short, short answer though is that we will have them hopefully out. I'm going to start working on them in March and May, or not May, March and April. They might be out a little earlier if things look like kind of okay or if there's if things are smooth but one of the reasons is that we just don't want to have projections out that are um going to change by a lot by the time the season's done so the the later we wait in a season the the more consistent they'll be with what they'll actually be by the um off seasons out so may 1st is the answer for now but that might change it might be a little earlier yeah and then this is also a later season than normal too yeah right so it goes a couple weeks long goes through the whole month of april so yeah Pretty much at the conclusion of the regular season, you can kind yeah. of mark that. So, uh, yeah, and, and that's the, that's the thing. Usually, we try to kind of have them come out um, when the play look around when the playoffs start, uh, just to make sure because at the end of the season, there's some some data stuff that gets smoothed out. There's the league jet will sometimes go back and fix some issues and fix some errors and recording and stuff like that. So we like to just make sure that when we do release them, 
um, because a lot of people do use them that they're as accurate as they're going to be and that when, say, say we release them now, I, I don't think that they're going to be very – they would be similar probably, but there might be some pretty big changes. So we just like to wait until the full season's done. But I don't know. Maybe I'll start working on them earlier and things look fine and we'll have them out. So keep an eye on the, uh, the uh, Twitter accounts or the website too. But right now also it's good to know that right now the current projections – on the site are from last year so they're what was projected at the end of last season um so they're really not that applicable anymore there's still some small things that you can um infer from them but yeah so that's kind of the status yeah, of the and also it's not going to have like expiry status for this off season and like you know that type of thing with with different factors going in there and the other thing just to kind of elaborate on that i know we need to uh, get onto the mailbag actual mailbag questions here but like we don't you know i mean in case that these are actually impacting player contracts that they sign you know we need to be as accurate as possible with providing the data because it's there's potential real world implications i mean that's the same thing with all of the data we put on the site is we we double and triple check it because i do not like being having inaccuracies no having (laughs) mistakes in our in the data that's like the biggest number one thing i hate the most so we don't want to be putting out like you know if somebody's on an eighty goal pace, I don't know who that would be, but like we don't want them Matthews, to, right. yeah, whatever. They might, you know, a free agent might be at some ridiculous, unsustainable pace for a full season, and if we prorate that out for the entire season, it's going to look like they're going to get fifteen million dollars or whatever. Like you know, it's like stuff like that. Like we don't really want that to be the case when we release the projections, so that's why we wait till the end of the season. But anyway, that's just yeah. That, yeah. That's so, the answer. On to the mailbag. All right, next, the first mailbag question I see is, who should win the Selkie Award this no, I'm just... <laughs> first, Yes, right. Luke is obsessed with the awards. <laughs> if, if our listeners have not realized that already. <laughs> yeah, get to Before the we started one. the segment, we had to delay for about three minutes while Luke went through their uh, <laughs> internal awards. Yeah. Let's start out with Jefferson's question because you said to start out with it. Which twin is better at sports? To the surprise of some people, Luke and I did play a lot of sports when we were younger. Um, so we, there's a lot of data there. No, there's not really. <laughs> but there's a lot of life experience between the two of us. But uh, we primarily played baseball pretty much up until we went to college. Um, and we were pretty good. I actually think, though, that we were – I don't think either – neither like I don't know. Luke maybe was a better – were you a little better hitter? Did either of you pitch? Did either of yeah. you pitch? Because yeah, well, you're pretty tall. It's very, it's very cute that I was the pitcher and Luke was a catcher. Like yes. that's that's what we were. Like I, I, you know, in especially in lo- like when you're younger, you kind of play every position a lot of the time. Or and I so I pitched, but then I also played short, third, and like kind of left and center. So I, I played a lot of like the um, like utility. Those, he was a utility well, yeah. player. But also, I as I got older in high school, that was I was more of a pitcher. And then Luke caught, I think, almost primarily, didn't you? Yeah. I really like catching, so it just worked out naturally that way. It wasn't like our parents were like, "Oh, you one of you should pitch and one of you should catch." <laughs> it was just like I really liked being a catcher. Well, when and, you know, and we would just go and you know play catch in the driveway or in the yard or whatever, and that's kind of what it turned into. And I just happened to be the better pitcher than Luke, I think. But Luke yeah. also liked catching. I did like. I that's didn't one really of my like pitching. That's uh, uh, one of my biggest life achievements. Was one of my uh, senior Babe Ruth. I think it was like our maybe junior or senior in high school, the summer. It would have been the summer between junior and senior year. I threw a complete game, 13 strikeout, one hitter. Uh, it was like, I think it was seven innings was what the yeah. games were. Um, I caught the, that's all, all yeah. me because I caught the yeah, whole game. So I have my ball for that. That's one of like <laughs> the things that I, I honestly is like, uh, I can kind of relate to like whenever, but I was, it's so frustrating though, because the one hit I had against me was just because the center fielder 
our, our center fielder really just didn't hustle on a ball. And I think it would have been a no-hitter if he had just ran a little – like if he had just run a little <laughs> harder. Um, but, no, I had a – yeah, so – I think in baseball, I don't know, Luke. We were. It was hard. We were very comparable. So I, I would say baseball is the one that we actually played like a lot of, and I still like Luke and I still go throw the ball around, and we played amateur ball. That's a whole other story. We played like amateur league baseball like a couple, like five or six years ago, which is and that's a whole thing. Which is just, that was a lot of fun. It was like, a lot of fun. We, but it caused a lot of problems to my muscles. Yeah, I wasn't really. I wasn't in but, necessarily baseball shape. But uh, the other, um, I think we were both equally bad at basketball. Yeah, oh, um, I sucked. At we basketball. were terrible. I'm terrible at basketball. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm so bad. And then I think I golf. Mean, we were and skiing. I, so probably. Luke, I would say Luke is probably. The better golfer? No, I think a little. I have such a bad slice. You do though. I have yeah. just a terrible slice. So I, maybe Sean's, Luke, Sean, you still golf? Yeah, yeah. yeah? So what, what's not what's, as much as I used to. I need to get back into it because you're like I, a really good golfer, right? I well, I probably regress back to like a ten handicap right now. Okay, but yeah, much yeah. better. I did play in like a little tournament with one of our banks um, this summer at like some wicked nice club out in hudson trotter oak country club and oh, absolutely that? just it's in hudson mass they have hudson, a really nice hudson Cabela's wisconsin <laughs> no hudson mass well, that's know, our geography we've we've transitioned to geography sorry continue but but uh and i crushed the ball there drove a drove a nice par four and had an eagle and a bird wow. a couple birds I, I think on my own ball I shot like a uh, like a seventy four. Wow! Yeah, so really I've never out. never been anywhere close to that. No, I think my best score ever was maybe like an eighty seven, like when I was in high no, school. No, like eighty five. Maybe eighty five. Yeah, 85. I like I I haven't golfed a lot since since high school, but in high school and then kind of in college a little bit, we we golfed but a decent amount. That's but, enough talking about our right. sports. The only so I think this well, one. Okay, I was going to say no, there's, ended, there's, no, no, no. There's one other sport that Luke and I play, which is eSports. We play Smash. <laughs> Smash Ultimate is the game, I would say, and, and I'm a little better at that. Yeah, than Luke Josh is. is a little better than me. Yeah, so I, Luke gets the win on golf. I get the win on Smash. We're even on everything else. That's the quick answer. Yeah. So I think this transitions just well to uh, Jake's question who says, uh, any advice for people transitioning to hockey analytics from working in analytics in another sport? Um, I mean, I think the most, the first thing I would say is just read. Like, I think that's really um, probably the best starting point is to just try to find as much articles, as many articles as you can, you know, find. Like, I mean, we have, we've been trying to add more stuff on our site with like the glossary stuff, like with the glossary and some of our write-ups, but. The XGAR model? Uh, <laughs> Isn't that another question? We'll get to that later, Sean. Uh, no, we already talked about that. No, but we're no, going to ask I the question here. The too. actual question to answer is, I think the first point would be um, like trying to read as many um, articles as you can. We have a references pages on Evolving Hockey. That's a lot. It's a lot more. I guess that's maybe more um, in depth, like actual research project type stuff. But um, we should do a. Do we have a, a resources for like? beginning analytics like hockey stats type thing because there's I, been some... I think you didn't plug meta uh meta yeah. hockey did yeah, you meta hockey like meta hockey is the place to go yeah meta hockey you go you want to search something well here's one do you remember when danny chu joined our slack the hockey graph slack i don't know if you ever yeah. joined hockey graphs you know danny came from basketball and he was good with code and like the basics of analytics right and he was curious about power plays if i remember correctly so if you're in danny 
go to you know meta hockey and search power plays a whole bunch of articles to show up with those keywords yeah. and you could read right through them right yeah. and now for context danny works for the seattle kraken yeah yeah so, so that could be you too yeah. yeah yeah i mean well and then i think the other thing too is is not to um like it it, it it's very specific i think to the type of person but I, I think reaching out to people who are maybe involved in stuff publicly as well can help to like get an idea of like maybe where to go to get data for instance or like where is maybe code examples stuff like that too which really is helpful because I, I think for this specific question, it seems like this person, or if you're in this situation, you have experience, Sean, like you said, with working in these areas, but maybe you just don't know what... Like where, we would say the you know, domain yeah, knowledge. the domain-specific area for where, where to get data or where to maybe kind of look for code. Or, you know, the other thing is even, like, what's already been done. I think it's like what Lucas kind of saying is with reading is just a good idea about, like, what is the foundation here? Like, what is stuff that you should become familiar with in this specific domain that then you can maybe either try to recreate on your own, which I think is a really good experience overall or gives you good experience, and so that you can maybe find your own questions that might be specific to your um like your pursuits or something like that too yeah and i would just i would say to like put yourself out there i miss i tweeted out today i missed hockey analytic, eh, hockey analytics conferences yeah um, yeah yep you know but those are a good a good place where you can just go it's it really brings a lot out of you especially if you don't like presenting but it's a place you can go and kind of get yourself out there and people are super friendly no one's gonna ever you know knock you down for putting together a presentation you could talk to to people and get direct feedback right then and there and um that's always a really cool tool and yeah. hopefully we'll get back to having conferences sooner rather than later yeah definitely I, I definitely miss those as well they're they're a lot of fun yeah so um i guess the next question uh, i feel like maybe we've talked about this so maybe we'll tell me if I, we did but i thought the what hockey stat if any do you wish was being tracked that isn't already um, we've talked about this in, in various like ways here or there, but I thought just to kind of, this was a good question just to kind of go right at it. Uh, passes, <laughs> prior passes. I just, well, I would really like to have prior pass, uh, location and time of the prior pass. And it would only, I am only asking for the pass before, um, a shot. So it doesn't have to be every pass. It would, I don't know how, if that would make it more difficult, but if it was just like, you know the the first event the event player would be who passed it and the second player would be who received it and then you could sequence it and have location x y coordinates and then time of the pass um would be a really really cool thing i think there's a lot of possibilities to work with it with that um i don't know that would be my answer josh you have i mean there, i have a couple other options ideas but <laughs> uh i mean i i mean other than the kind of standard stuff like block shot locations and maybe yeah i that, think yeah i mean that but that's like i don't know that kind of already feels like it should be there uh i i think i would be goalie interested, position yeah goalie position i think those are kind of the big ones that we we tend to like go to our passes and then goalie position sean is i don't know what he's watching <laughs> you got the football game out in the background okay it just we're trying yeah. to answer questions it's an important here. question sean that yeah. we brought attention to it i was I listening <laughs> i don't like so for mine like it's always been passes i can't really like think of well i think it would be helpful we don't have a full data set of zone entry and zone exit data. Yeah. And I think that like it's worthy of bringing up. Uh, Corey does uh, a ter- terrific job yeah. compiling on his own, and like honestly, it's insane that he does oh, what yeah. he does. And that's Corey Schneider, Schneider, right? 
I can I always am worried that I'm pronouncing. Don't ask it. me to spell it the last. We name. mispronounce yes, everybody's yeah. name right. I know here. It's like, true. everybody gets equal treatment. So yeah, um, but yes, I I think zone entries would be I I think one of the things would be able to more accurately um, identify rush shots and like I think that zone entries like time of zone entry and like you'd be able to better sequence you know. Uh, zone entry to shot kind of sequence and you could potentially be working with like rush shots a lot better um another thing uh, i'm trying to think i mean honestly for me it's just i think passes would just be it would it would add like a, a um i guess more of a how would you say it like common sense view to an expected goals model i think um where if you're looking at a shot and there's a, a cross, you know, cross the ice pass or a pass from behind the net that goes to it leads to a shot that should, you know, I mean, there's been research done. I think Ryan Stimson did something that some of this with the passing project showing that passes from behind the net um, or cross crease passes, stuff like that do increase goal probability. And I think as a fan, most people would say, well, yeah, because if you're, if there's a quick pass, like if you watch like events in the offensive zone a lot of times you know uh like i mean that's what gretzky used to do right all the time and so like that's the thing it, it which be it would it would just add another element to an expected goals model that would maybe make it more interpretable um because i think there are people who get frustrated that at xg values when they say oh what there was a pass before this it's like yeah i wish we had that data but we don't have that data so it's not something that we can incorporate but i think adding passes would just be the first step to kind of making uh xg value a little bit more match up with what a lot of hockey fans see um i think we it does a pretty good job right now but passes are definitely a blind spot and um it would just be fun to work with it and see kind of what we could what we'd be able to do so yeah yeah, and there's a lot of tactical yeah. applications there as well, which is fun. And Ryan did that back in the day. Um, yeah. Ryan especially, and wrote a whole book on it, Tape to Space. <laughs> yeah, Go he did. Buy it now. Um, maybe moving on to a different question. Avco Cup said, with last year's short, weird season, and like the year before also got shortened, uh, the 1920 season. <laughs> uh, do you think it makes some multi-year metrics less reliable? I think that's a good question. I, what did I ask? Um, I had, I feel like I was asked this when I was on a podcast or something. But um, I, I think in a sense, yes. Well, yeah, I would it, say yes. yes. I, the other, but it also kind of depends on how you're defining multi-year. So I assume, let's just assume in this case that that they're talking about um, see like season to season type projections or something that would be reliable. Uh, well. Not projections. Let's just talk about the stats. So, like, or like the specific metrics is usually this is with most, not even just in hockey, but in baseball, like war, something like baseball and war, more plate appearances, more time, um, just more data collected is a, you generally get a better uh, evaluation of a player and what they're able to do. And obviously, the small sample stuff with Rapham um, and XR is, is definitely something that's these smaller shortened seasons don't really allow us to get to the point that we like to usually now you can still combine them and i would say that the power there of like reliably evaluating players is going to be kind of similar but you're just going to be a little like so a three-year window if we include this year last year and 1920 uh um you're gonna have uh, those are all shortened seasons yeah they're all shortened well this one won't be shortened right oh yeah 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 (laughs) but the last two will comparing that three season stretch to say the previous three season stretch 
you're going to have a little less uh, amount or a little less information there. Now, I would say they're going to be kind of more or less pretty similar. And if you had additional information, it's probably not going to change much. But I will say that the especially last season, like I mean, last season is a lot more like the 12, you know, 2012, 2013 season. That's basically just a half season. And also the other thing, though, that um, I, I think is important personally is the uh, specifically last season, but just in general with COVID going on and the way that it's changed the environment of how the game is played. That's something I think that's maybe even more impactful or more like now we, we can't really look at it um, in terms of that uh, that way. But making, for instance, players play fully isolated, the divisions change, you have an ongoing pandemic that adds additional stress. These things, I think, also are maybe just as important as just having short and shorter seasons as well. So there's a lot of it. I would say it adds more uncertainty, which then leads to them being less reliable is probably the answer. Well, yeah, I mean, reliable can be defined in a couple different ways. Um, so I'm not exactly sure if I, I – I mean, I wouldn't – I don't necessarily – I don't want to say I don't like that word, but I think that maybe just using more uncertain, like, and more uncertain would be potentially a how I would more say it. Cause I mean, it is, but I guess, un, I don't know. It, it's well, just, yeah. If you usually know, usually I, mean. <laughs> I think reliability or reliable is, is there's an implication there of looking forward. So how, are these reliable in terms of projecting or what we can expect from a player going forward? That's usually what this is brought up in. And I would say that's kind of the case as well, but also the metrics rely on like the more data you have, the better, um, the better the models are going to work in general. And so removing data or removing observations or playing time from them is going to make them not as maybe not as uh, effective, but they're still good tools. I would say, at least we've been kind of navigating this short, these shorter seasons. And like, for instance, I feel like our, like even with the contract projections, which have been using it, like they were good this last off season. Um, the game projection model has been doing pretty well this year. So it, it's kind of, I, I think it, it, it's a little bit hard to answer yeah. it. And also, I mean, I think the data in the training data, we do have the 12, 13 season. And it so, so we have two shortened seasons that we use to train these things. So, the 2019, the 1920 season was included basically for the game projection model. It's every single season and the shorter seasons are prorated up. Well, actually, no, it just doesn't use the, um, no, I'm talking that that would be player projections. Excuse me. So <laughs> for the player projections that feed into the game projection model, they are all of the shortened seasons are prorated up to an 82 game level. So Basically, the, the concern you have would be that the distributions are being impacted. But since we're prorating, they're not. It's they're not the distributions uh, on a population level are not being impacted. But the issue is that some of those data points might be um, a little like inflated or undervalued, and so the projections for certain players may be um, impacted. But it's really hard to say, right? Because like you know, last year there were only fifty six games played. So we don't know what players would have done in the remaining 26 games. That's right, right? Yeah, 26 games. Math. You know, and so it, it's just really hard to say for sure. But I think that that, that about covers it, I think. Next yeah. question. Yeah, ne I, I I figure we've been putting this one off, and I, I now we're these, – these mailbag things always – we always end up – this is just a great – arena for luke and i to ramble and we don't necessarily mean <laughs> so, to, so yeah sorry uh sorry. this is sean from I, i'm apologizing to you sean yeah he's he's watching the football game yeah, whatever it's a, is minute, on. a minute left last last drive it's it's actually been nuts okay um, i don't know what game you, this is the bills and chiefs it's the oh um, yeah okay anyway next question from at zach j 10 
Why do you hate your subscribers so much as to withhold the Xcar write-up from us? <laughs> um, I do. First of all, I I I take offense to that because we love all of our subscribers. Shout out! And if you subscribe to Evolving Hockey, we will love you. Shout so, out! Shout out, subscribers! First yeah. of all, I need to correct that issue that with Holy that statement. Lord. Second of all, um, I'm I've been working on the Xcar write-up. Um, it's uh, a lot of stats. Uh, that I want, need to explain in a way that makes sense. Um, it's kind of like it's looking to be kind of like our RAPM or RAPM write up right now, which is like 3,000, 4,000 words. So it's and not going to be, you're, what you're saying, it's not going to be fun like the guy write up. No, it's not going to be a fun read. Um, I don't know. It might be a no, fun it'll, read. No, it'll be Did fun. Did you say the guy write up wasn't a fun read? No, I, I, was, I was joking in that it's, yeah, I was saying that it was a fun read when there's, uh, there's no evidence to support that. No. Um, <laughs> If you could just write like the third, well, you don't have to write the whole thing now, do you? Because like you went through like the history of Gar, like you really went. No, into no, no, it. I'm not. I'm not talking that about that. I'm yeah. gonna like reference all of that, and then I have that. I need, still need to do the intro stuff, I, but I'm mostly just trying to explain how all the components work together. But specifically, the shooting components really hard to, um, you know. I was I've tweeted this out, but we're not trained statisticians, right? We're not. We didn't go to school for statistics. Maybe or at this point we could say that we are right. We're trained, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, in, in real <laughs> world, kidding, we just... have the the street smarts with the stats. Stats, we're, streets. No, yeah, we're but, trained musicians. We're not. Yes, by trade, we're musicians. Right? But so, so with all of this stuff, we've had to, you know, just rely on 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 Stack Overflow and help from other people in the community and just kind of working through this. When we so, but there are very specific aspects of logistic regression that are. Um, complicated for me personally because it's a transformation of variables i'm not but i'm trying to figure out a way to explain it in a way I, that is is interpretable um, i think what the, the and this is the so that's where i was stuck and so yeah. i i got stuck on that and so i did the quality of competition quality of teammate I, write-up i think this is like a, this is a good time to talk about why i think writing these things is for us anyway is it takes a long time so like i think our goals above replacement write-ups which are a three-part series we did on hockey graphs three years ago now which seems like crazy i think all three of them they in total it was something like 15 or twenty thousand words i mean it was just absurd how long they were and it took me like two months to write and a lot of that is i think for us that we feel there's it's there's this almost like stress um that we put on ourselves to make it as clear as possible and we could probably glance over a lot of stuff if we wanted to but for whatever reason luke and i have trouble writing about things and not covering all of the details which is the reason why uh what are you saying i could not i could not have guessed that (laughs) (laughs) so the answer here is that i think sometime in the next one to three months the article will be out i would know what the x-car write-up yeah oh it'll be out before then oh well one one month you think it's to be out in a month you mean less than a month yeah less than a month for all the listeners the the twins are constantly late for everything so (laughs) don't expect we were we were only like five minutes we were right on time tonight I just wanted to put Theoretic- that theoretically, I think I also sent the link like two minutes late because my Zoom was updating. So yeah, exactly. You so we're some- all fine. Anyway, so to answer your question, it will be out this season. Um, we should have had it out. Season- no, it will be out shortly. Um, I- anyway, it, it yeah. will be out, and I'm sorry to all the Leafs fans out there who want ammunition to say <laughs> Matthews is better than McDavid. Um, I'm, I'm, I apologize for that. We're going to focus just entirely on Miko Koivu probably. Yeah. That's or, you know, much. S- some other wild Howie's, fan. That, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's the answer is that we, we love our subscribers. Uh, we don't hate any of our subscribers. The XR model is a hard thing to write about and we just want to make sure we're as clear as possible. Um, and it will be out according to Luke, uh, in less than a month. Yes. 
Put it on your calendar. All right. Do we have do we have time for another one more question? I got a question for Josh because I don't actually know the answer to this. You, oh to God. me. Yeah. <laughs> How do you calculate the XG on penalty shots? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh wow, you're putting me on the spot here. Didn't we exclude? No. I think did we uh, just they're do, excluded? They're bud. excluded. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah. But you could basically say that a penalty shot is like one third. That's kind of like yeah. your standard yeah. average. And that easiest way to interpret it. I want to say I had we talked about this specifically like back in October, me and you. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought I could. So one you know, thing that you could do is that you could, and I did try. I think I did build a model out for this. Is that you could do a, a shootout model. Which is kind of just a silly model in general, but and you would lump penalty shots into that because it's the same thing. It's just a skater on goalie, no other players. It's kind of that one-on-one situation, and then you could get a which would end up just being kind of shootout goal probability. It's probably what you would essentially get. So any whatever a shootout goal probability, yeah, it's is, a it's about a know, third. It's yeah, about it's a third we, in our penalty model. Obviously, there yeah in the penalty model there was a um, a source, and I'm I'm not going to remember who it was, but there Here's was. A- Sorry. Here's a question that I have. It just comes, and maybe this is better than going through the penalty model here. I think it's similar. But with Gar, especially reading through your Gar article multiple times, and yeah. um, especially the part three where you talk about the decisions that you made, how come mm-hmm. you never made like a shootout Gar model? Uh, I think because that's an question. important theoretically it's a it's an yeah, important it part yeah, of the game. Yeah, you're right. It's theoretically it's part it it is an area in the game that would lead to wins for a team. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I think at the time it was more that we felt that um, shootout like shootout performance was not necessarily in like it's kind of a situation why we don't include like empty net situations in, because it's necessarily like not every player is given the chance to be in the shootout, but I've, I've wanted, you to... know, but it's something that I think that when we revisit, I would definitely, it also is going to be a kind of a small part overall because right. they happen very. So it's, but you know, I mean, that would be something where we could just take shootout like XG added for skate for shooters. And, yeah. And then XG saved for goalies and then add that as a potential, um, component. I mean, I've I've wanted to when we revisit our GAR and XGAR models um, in the future is to to basically add empty net offense um, and defense as potential components into those because <laughs> there are um, I don't know we currently don't provide it on the site and I I kind of just lump those all into one extra strength state like they all get combined but I would uh, I've thought about I especially this year with. Well, and, and with the Avalanche, with coaches basically pulling their goalie a lot earlier, like you've seen Dean Evison for the Wild, he's been just a madman pulling goalies at like nine minutes and whatnot. And, um, I mean, the Wild have been successful, but it would be really interesting to look at um, and, and provide that on the site and have, you know, six on five, six on four, six on three, and then have an empty net strength state and add that for everything. Um, and that's probably something that we will add in the future. Um, and then also the, the problem is that, I'm not sure with a Rapham type model, since you need to do offense and defense at the same time. Um, with the empty net XG model, uh, with there's, defense, there's, there's no defense. <laughs> there's no defense, and so it's just like you'd probably. I don't know if you'd get some wonky numbers from a defensive standpoint, and if well, that would impact yeah. the offensive numbers. It's just kind of hard to tell. And it I probably was, wouldn't. Yeah, I would but say empty net in general is just a. It's wonky, just it's a just weird wonky, thing about hockey that does, it's very but unique to hockey. But anyway, to answer your question, Sean, when we uh, we're going to be I, there are several things we're going to be looking into uh, this off season with our GAR model when we redo it, uh, just with new data. So we will definitely look into shootout stuff as well. Yes. But I think we may have time for like one more question. 
You think? Yeah, I, mean, I got I got one episode, but I got one anyway, from go uh, uh, Skim Skimner thirty six. Uh, most underrated defenseman based on stats. Ooh, that's the question. Let's uh, see, Ruslik. It's not a bad. I well, well, like theoretically, yeah. like it's really like Jared Spurgeon, and it's been <laughs> like that for years. Well, so it just all depends on how you it, say it. But. It's I number one with the under overrated stuff is how you define rated. You know, like where right. are they? Like where are they rated? I would say that at this point Spurgeon is kind of a well known player. Like he used to be. Like I actually think that it was Boudreaux who kind of brought him in the like when he actually was like his when he was the wild coach he was talked about Spurgeon all the time and then that be kind of became well yeah and then now Spurgeon's the captain so I don't necessarily think I would say that Spurgeon's really underrated although maybe a little bit but um I don't know I was just what was I just it probably is Spurgeon though yeah I mean I don't know I think well um, I don't I don't know though I actually don't think it's Spurgeon anymore to be honest yeah I mean he's a captain so that it's hard to say I I think so so just kind of looking at some things I think Mike Matheson for Pittsburgh. Um, mm. I, no? I mean, what about Nick Jensen? What's, what's too, wrong right? there? What? I haven't looked. At, I haven't looked into that one. Well, he's having a good season. Yeah. Did he? And he might have had a decent season last year, but like he was pretty disastrous before that back in Florida. Yeah, but for Pittsburgh, he's a forward at heart, which is which is <laughs> part of what I like. And his wife is significantly better at him, uh, better at hockey. Yes. Than yeah. Him, which is yeah. Fun. Yes. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to look. I'm kind of looking at two years prior XR summed for defenseman. Um, Is it uh, Rasmus Sandin? <laughs> I mean, if honestly, if it, if you know, if if you want to get a hot take here, I'd say Shane Gossespierre. I was just <laughs> thinking Gossespierre. Actually, like that would be probably if I had to say because I remember we were saying uh, that Seattle should take Gossespierre, uh, and his percent, like his rank, his projections. We we were really really high on Gossespierre, and people were like, oh well, the Flyers waived him. Like an NHL team waived him. What are you talking about? It's like. Look, it doesn't matter if an NHL team waves a player. Well, that that's same, just that, their yeah. specific evaluation of that player, and I would disagree with that. That same so, NHL, that same NHL team also uh, <laughs> traded for Rasmus Ristolainen. Yes, they did, and they're, they and lost eleven Keith, in a row. And right? they, did they sign Keith Yandel? And they've lost yeah. ten in a row two oh, times I think this a, year. Eleven in a row. And they yeah, now, yeah, they've, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't know, like that's say a what you will so, about yeah. Chuck Fletcher, but he they waved Gosses Bear. And now they're terrible, and I would disagree. That's the reason why they're terrible is they don't have terrible is that they waived Gostisbehere, <laughs> and that is the reason. And then they got Ristolainen. They thought they could fix him, and he's been Ristolainen's been like whatever. He's it's been not, Risto. Yes, he's been. It's just like I don't know what's the. Anyway, I'm trying to think of. The, I would a, say like so. These good, are the answers right now for so, me for Luke. It's, for it's Luke, Gostisbehere. Um, yeah, Gostisbehere. <laughs> That would be if I had to pick Just, one. Wait, who? There's got to be one more. Well, I mean, I still think Charlie McAvoy is really underrated too. Yeah, I, I kind of. But agree. I don't know. I don't know what. Like, I just don't hear people talk about him. I don't think Adam Fox. Well, he won the Norris, so that doesn't. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, Devon Taves is like if we're going with like people. I mean, everybody talks about McCarr, but I think Taves is Aaron just, Ekblad. Ekblad, but yeah, but like he was like he's a, high, he's having a lot of points this year. Yeah, he got hurt last year, like, but it, like he should be higher. I feel like he should be higher up in the conversation. I feel like he fell off of relevancy for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Also, Again, the thing I should tell you to find it. I should note about Gosses Bear is that he's had like an incredibly up and down career. Um, it's just been all over the place, and sometimes you get this with defensemen where they go, they it's like a roller coaster with their career. They kind of go up and down. Um, 
I don't know, I don't Josh. Know. Do you have a better answer than, I, not than really. Matheson or Gostas Bear? I mean, I, I think I kind of like the McAvoy pick because I think that like I just don't think that people really talk about McAvoy in the same way that like Foxes or McCarr or Hamilton. Or yeah, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's not Matheson. Looking at his career, he's been basically. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a Rem Pitlick. I, yeah, I know. I kind of like. I, I I actually think that Nick. But Jensen, I'm, try- I'm trying. To, bit, the but... thing is, I'm trying to think about actually underrated. No, no, that's the, that's the thing. Like, and, so I'm trying to find these like kind of. Um, these deep values. You know. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Maybe I is this a, maybe a hot take to say Seth Jones? Because <laughs> everybody, I feel like it went way past, and now everyone thinks he's the worst defenseman in the league. Did you Where? not watch the game last night? Well, I, I no. I, <laughs> you mean the the wild game? Yeah, he fell over. Who's like Erickson Eck <laughs> on the boards, and he just falls right over on his own. Well, I know. I'm not talking about one specific play. I'm talking. It's this not is a- Seth Jones. You're talking. You're taking it from a his value in perceived value drops so much yes, that yeah. he's now he's trying underrated. to buy the dip. I'm yeah, trying. To, sure. I'm trying to say that public perception of Seth Jones went so far to the point of thinking but, he's the worst. But did it? Did it? Uh, or was yeah. it just in this like smallish community of like maybe? Yeah. At well, most, like twenty thousand people. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I got another name. We got Jamie Alexiak. Oh, Alexiak, who, yeah, who is yeah. having a very down year. I will say, <laughs> Luke's finding all these players who are okay. Sorry. So I'm just saying that was that was we were big on Alexiak. I think he was our pick from Dallas, right? Is that the one we we would have chosen from Dallas I, last year? Well, they signed him, right? So I mean, yeah. Okay, we got some. We got Gossespierre, Alexiak. <laughs> Uh, Vince Dunn, I don't know. He was definitely underrated. I don't know what his. I don't know. Seattle's just so weird because yeah. things have just gone so wrong for them. We should probably wrap. Sean, this what up, are you though. looking at me like that for? What is the problem? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just isn't Alexia everything? What is I do like the Alexia pick because again, his sister is. I know. So I was just going to say that than him. Yeah, so we're taking two defensemen who have sisters that are better at sports. <laughs> I like than they my are. hot take of Seth Jones just because I think public perception. No, is it's so not okay. Seth Jones. <laughs> No, I'm trying to get a Sean, range. What is your answer to this? I think I think I would go with Grizzlick. Okay, yeah, yeah Grizzlick is is a good. Because I, I think again, that's pretty much a name that nobody really knows about, and he's kind of like he's not hated on by his coach, but like he definitely doesn't get the uh, proper treatment by his. I mean, his yeah, coach he, as well. That's a I, that's a really good answer. I maybe I'll just go with that. I'm kind of the no. Seth Jones. Well, what? Oh, okay, that's fine. I'm not not Seth Jones. I was just that was a whole like I'm a bit a little. A little yeah, bit. we got like four or five here. Yeah, that's good. We that, what about Jake McCabe? No, is we got been good this year or bad. We got a we got a. This has been going on too long, Luke. We could. I he was another player. We, <laughs> itched. Oh, he's been uh, a rough year in Chicago. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Brandon Hagel. I don't know. Although he's I think having he, like one year, isn't he? Yeah, it's this year has been pretty good. I don't think he was ever really rated because wasn't he a Saber? He was on the Sabers. Who and McCabe? Tra- no, Hagel. Like and then he got traded and now he's having a good like his name okay rhymes year. with bagel though. Uh, yeah. well, Sean makes a good point. I think that I we can wrap. Point. Yeah. What about what about Orlov? <laughs> uh, You're just gonna name every single defenseman in the I'm league trying, until just, you find the perfect. I don't one. think I don't think Orlov is. Sorry, in this I'm just looking like, at rates now. Yeah. You no. look into stats as like going through speed dating. <laughs> yeah. Luke, <laughs> Luke should you. Just, we should Luke. Luke we should just it's Gostas Bear. Lucas, yeah, Gostas on the. Great. You're coming back to the same guy. What about Adam Boquist? <laughs> just go get a ring, bud. 
<laughs> just put a ring on it. We we need to we need to wrap this up. Luke has uh, outlined every defenseman in the league uh, as being underrated. So yeah, all you smart <laughs> NHL teams out there, we just gave you all this secret info about players that you should target it's, it's at not, the trade deadline. It's not secret. You just no. get a subscription to evolvinghockey.com and you you got yeah, the and exact just sort. Same. You can just add some time on ice filters and sort as no. your heart desires. Yeah. Wow. You know. All right, we need to stop. Sorry, I enjoy playing around with our website, so I, I just yeah. like to I have a good this time. This has become a bit, isn't it? Because I think I did this last week where I kept trying to get Luke to stop talking at the end of the episode, didn't I? Isn't that like, <laughs> didn't I do that? All right, who's the most overrated? No, Luke, no. Luke. We went through this exact same thing, but when we were off here before this segment about your doing awards, and I just see Luke over there grinning while he's looking at his, like, his. Who's list. the Selkie right now? There's Lekkonen. <laughs> did it change over the last half no, hour? It hasn't. <laughs> But most overrated. No. no. Luke, no. We're not doing overrated. Ben Wasn't Sherrod. asked in the mailbag. Ben Sherrod. Ben, well, no. I, uh, oh, we'll that's see. absolutely true. If they get yeah. a first for Ben Sherrod. Great job. Yeah, that's See, okay. that's it. That's all I need. There we go. We're done. Okay. Also, Seth Jones, not that's not the answer. It can't be the answer. <laughs> it's Gostaspere. I was going the other way. I was going on the perception. The I wonder rating. if the Coyotes, are they going to trade? Would they trade Gostaspere? Oh uh, God. I mean, I don't think. Okay, we're done. We're yes, they get rid of everybody. Down. Okay. Yeah, they would. Just... But the answer is yes. They probably would. That is the answer. I think. Okay. All right. Sean, take us out. Do of we here. have another question? Right. No, we don't well, have another so question. <laughs> we we have a guest this week, right? We think oh, yeah. we have a guest this week. Yeah. We need to confirm with them. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll end up with a second episode, and in reality, we'll probably just be continuing to talk until we get to that second episode yes. when we convene. Um, this midweek, so maybe the end of your week, we'll have something special for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye out. All right. Well, have a good night, guys. Yeah. yeah. Take it easy, yeah. Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Thanks.